All right, we're going to keep that intro music uh, pretty short because uh, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, another podcast from Grow Hayes, um, Chris Munch um, here as your host, and uh, we always have the uh, ever-present uh, Doug Williams. And today, we have a, a special guest, Michael Keller. How's Mr. Keller doing? I'm doing great. Good. You know, uh, uh, first of all, we, we, we probably ought to set a little uh, guideline here. You know, I know you and I um, <laughs> like to get off the beaten path, and we there's you know there's some special words out there we like to use when we're uh, you know when we're talking. So in, instead of uh, getting too uh, big on the tippy or on the uh, on the f bomb. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I would agree. Chances of you using the F word today are probably pretty slim. So, so I'm going to go back to a, uh, a Seinfeld. We can use a code word, and I think instead of using the F word, we use tippy toe. Tippy toe. <laughs> so, if you feel the curtain, if you feel the <laughs> urge to drop it, all right. Anything you put on social media is fair game here. And uh, I'm, I'm going to read right. something you wrote. You you were sitting down the other day, and you were doing some paperwork, and you were listening to a song. And you said, uh, I looked up at the screen because of the song is freaking awesome. Wow. 25,000 people hit the dislike. What the tippy toe. 647,000 people like it. That's 4% versus 96%. What is the point? When I was building my business, I really struggled with that 4%. So much I lost sight of the 96%. Um, One snide comment would cause me to question myself for weeks. Let's talk about the haters. Yeah, so <clears throat> it's rough, you know. I uh, I guess you're kind of brought up, and you want everybody to love you. You know, you just. I was a people pleaser, and uh, started my business, and I. I just had this feeling deep down that if I ever disappointed anyone, if I ever had a customer that wasn't. satisfied with me that that was it I was done and uh, you know just close the doors as you go through your path (laughs) you find out that that's really not all that reasonable because there's many a slip between the cup and the lip you know uh, when you're doing an interaction with someone in business there's your version, there's their version, and then there's the truth. And I think, you know, when you get really busy, I have overextended myself in the pursuit of growth to the point where I did make some mistakes and I couldn't service a customer at the level that I wanted to. But it's a growth process, you know, and you're still growing every day. But then there's that percentage of people that you just ain't going to make happy. They're not going to be happy no matter if you gave it to them. And, you know, I remember a couple of incidents in the last 20 years. um, One of them really stands out where you know I had to fire a customer because it became toxic Um, fire a customer 
Yeah. I won't work for you. Oh, interesting. How, how um, <clears throat> when you, when you get, when you fire a customer, I mean, you're, you're, that's, that's pretty serious. Yeah. You're at the end of the line. I think, uh, when you wake up in the morning and all you can think about is that one guy that's causing you all your trouble and you've gone to the end of the earth to try to make it right, still nothing. And, uh, you know, you, you just have to decide, hey, I've got a whole lot of other customers in here that love what I do, that are really happy with what I do. And I'm kind of giving them the leftovers to handle the one guy that isn't happy. Right. So let's cut him loose. <laughs> right. Let's, and I didn't fire him. I said I wanted to, free, this is a point of, uh, I wanted to free him up to find someone that was a better fit for him. That's, oh. what, I, that's what I told him. Right. I said, I told, you know, we're, we don't seem to be seeing eye to eye on the project. And he was wanting to cut a lot of corners. It's not my, my thing. So how, um, um, how how can four percent have that much power? It you know because I think it goes back to our caveman days. If someone got out of joint with you and you got kicked out of the tribe accidentally, you were done. So you go through school. School's just horrible for trying to fit in, trying to be liked. You know, I was never one of the cool kids, and. It's funny because I run into people who think I was one of the cool kids, but I never thought I was one of the cool kids. <laughs> and right. I thought somebody else was a cool kid, and they never felt like a cool kid. So the fact of the matter is, like, nobody's a cool kid. Even the ones that kind of act like they are, deep down there's some sort of, oh, wow, people like me. But, uh, you know, so, yeah, you, you really want to be liked, and you want to be, yeah, you want to be loved. Yeah. You know, it's it's so much easier. So the 4%, <clears throat> why do they weigh on your mind? They're the most vocal. Mm. Um, but even if they're, um, I heard a guy one time talking about it, and uh, I guess you start to question yourself uh, when someone makes a comment. Now, I'm not talking about a constructive criticism. I have customers all the time that say, hey, can we do this this way instead of that? Oh, yeah, sure, fine. Um, sounds mm-hmm. good. Or if I have a reason why, I'll, um, mm-hmm. we'll have a conversation. But if someone just comes in and and I had it one time 20 years, so we're sit, sitting here wasting 10 minutes on Not wasting. <laughs> you know, it wasn't what I had planned to talk about. But, <clears throat> so why the 4%? Why do we focus on the 4%? I think anybody listening is going to have incidents in their life that they can recall immediately. Or someone said something to them, and they still ain't over it. You know, it could have been right. a comment in the fifth grade from a kid. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Know, or, or whatever. And, you know, you, good chance you don't like that person this day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Doug, you're always, uh, you probably always were a cool kid. Oh, sure. <laughs> no haters. Oh, yeah. I mean, no doubt. everybody, uh, uh, how, how uh, you know, all your years of experience, how, how do you, you know, that 4%, uh, it could be one percent, really. I mean, it just takes one person to. How, how do you handle that? Well, I go home and cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, as Mike said, I mean, we all let that bother us more than we should. 
we live in a society where the haters got to hate, and they've been given a platform now with social media, much more so than they had in the past, to hate and be unhappy. We have a lot of, it, it seems, because the elevation, it's been elevated that there's more haters out there than there used to be, but I don't know that there are. I think they just have a platform. Yeah, and I, I feel really fortunate that I was in business before social media. I think some of these young guys starting out, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I had a guy give me a review on my Facebook page that was an old neighbor, <laughs> and it was a four-star review, and I was like, why not five? Was I a bad neighbor? <laughs> Another hater. <laughs> it, it, but but it was so weird. It was so random. Like, I've never worked for this guy, never will. And he goes and reviews my my page, and it's it's like, what do you – what is the point behind that? I think the point is is that haters are, and I've put a little bit of thought into it, not a lot, but I think haters are people who are just so unhappy with their progress in life that it feels good to try and bring someone else down. So I heard a guy say one time, there's, there's exactly two ways to have the tallest building in town. Number one, you can build it. Mm-hmm. Number two, you can try to tear everybody else's down. Ooh, interesting. Very interesting. So yeah. when you're when you're building your building, your business, however right. you want to, you know, when you get someone trying to tear yours down, right? You know, it's it's a big deal. So you know, we have mutual friends that are starting off in business and. I just I feel for them. What if someone goes out there and gives them a three and a half star review because they just got done working eighteen hours and weren't quite as helpful on the phone or something? I right. Mean, everybody's just got to put their two cents in. It's isn't that isn't that <clears throat> isn't that good? I mean, would you would you look back on you know so Big Creek Restorations you know out of Ellis and here you're building this business and and I'd consider you extremely successful. Don't are uh, aren't those um, you know, isn't that 4% what drove you to make it what it is today? Yeah, I think um, drove me. So there was a lot of motivation. I think there's constructiveness in any criticism. You know, maybe if you get a four-star thing, hey, maybe I should be nicer on the phone. But what drove me? Mm lot of things <laughs> yeah you know but yeah there is a I guess there is a drive um, I wouldn't say I was driven to please people but I was definitely driven to try to prove myself that would be a nice way of saying <clears throat> the, uh, what'd you say tippy toe you yeah <laughs> Tippy toe, yeah. Tippy toe, you. Yeah, that's what I was building. <laughs> I mean, if you have, if a hundred people are lined up outside and you're in there working, and you know, out of a hundred people, if they all came in and said you do the best work on on the planet, I mean, when you get done, is there, isn't it nice to be humbled a little bit when when four of that hundred come in and say, no, nah, you know, I've seen better. I don't need them. I'm I'm my own biggest critic. Ah, ah. I am rarely satisfied with anything I've built. Right. Rarely. So so that's interesting you say that because I do that when I restore a house. 
I step back and people are oohing and on and all I yep. see are the mistakes. Yep, hundred percent. So you know, you you finish a car and you take it somewhere and and you know, yeah, down that <laughs> it, it's so funny. You know, you build this whole car and there's like three things in your mind and you take it to have it judged and you know if you take a car to Chicago or something and they judge it, they spend an hour plus with four people crawling all over it asking you questions looking at it and in your mind you're going all right don't look in those three places <laughs> i know <laughs> i know there's you know just that one bolt isn't the right color because we couldn't get that plater to understand what we were <laughs> trying whatever to do. it is you know? right so right you go build a car and you <clears throat> it's funny there's a we took a car to chicago and Jeremy, kid that works for me, and I, and the owner, we're probably still not over three points on the judging sheet because <laughs> it was, it was, it it was a you know a minor thing that they they counted us off for. But I'm my own biggest critic, so I don't need critics to tell me. I don't need critics to really tell me anything about my cars, and I really at this point in my career. I really don't care what people think of me personally that much uh, outside of my circle. Right. I, I would care what you or Doug would think of me. Right. But random guy, you know, there's a lot of people that they can think whatever they want. They don't know me. They don't know what's in my heart. They don't right. know how hard I've worked to get to where I've gotten. How How long does that take? I mean, let's think about the the new business owner out there who takes everything personal and well, I think you should have it done in the first 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> it is, is it Doug, I got a question, you know, is it, you know, if we don't have haters um, or, or do, do some people create their own haters in their mind just for motivation? Oh, I probably, you know, I, you asked the question to Mike, if, if those people motivate him, well, certainly I think, None of us are immune to those comments, and so we react to them, and it may drive us to work a little harder or to do a little better job or whatever it might be. So I, I think there is some motivation in that. It can be. Yeah. There's a, and there's, I sent, a, I sent that to my son that I wrote the other day, and then I, I sent him another thing. I can't remember exactly how I phrased it, but basically, if you go through YouTube and you look at videos, if the video has more than 10 views, uh, you know, once it starts to get a certain number of views, if it's that one had 647,000 likes and 25,000 dislikes. Now the dislike could just be, I don't want to hear it again in my rotation. Fine. The very next video had 60 million views and it had 1.6 million likes also had like a hundred and some thousand dislikes right so I told him basically you need haters and you can tell you're succeeding more if you have more uh -huh. um, so the more you get the more successful you are um, and there's some people that hate me that I'm I'm perfectly fine with it I Matter of fact, I enjoyed a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, no I, surprise I, there. Yeah. <laughs> T 
tippy toe them. You know, I, I think too that uh, um, when you when you think of haters and how they motivate you, um, I think that it, it's it's critical to there's a, there is a tipping point in there where you're not spending all your time just focused on the haters and and using it as a motivation. There, I, I do think that there comes a point where you're right. You just step back and like, uh, you know, I am who I am and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because I'm successful. Well, you, you can't let it consume you. So there, there's a good uh, illustration here. Uh, I'm building a car right now. You've seen it, but no one else has unless they've been to my shop. Right. And I had a guy ask me, he said, why aren't you posting anything about that car? And I said, because I want to build this car. Right. And he said, well, you are building the car. I said, yeah, I understand that. But I said, uh, let's say I take a picture of it half half constructed and post it. And someone makes a comment. And it could be, you know, a, an accountant in Philadelphia sitting in his <laughs> office that doesn't know crap. But he's going to make a comment. And I'm going to read it. And then I'm going to go down a rabbit hole going, is that true? Is that proportional? Is this? So my thing is like, when you're going to create something, I want it to come out of my mind. I don't really want anybody else to be involved other than the customer. Right. My employees and my designer buddy that helps us with design. So if it's not Jason, if it's not my guys at the shop, and if it's not the customer, I don't want your input on what I'm building. Mm. I'll handle it. Mm. You can judge it when it's done. Right. I'm cool with that. <laughs> you can like it or not like it. And, I, and <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've, I've taken cars places and I, you'll have people walk up and they'll be like, oh, wow, that's the ugliest color red I've ever seen. <laughs> and the next person will walk up and say, Oh my gosh, what is that color? I want to paint my car that color. So right. everyone has a different way of seeing the world. And I think that it's it's just the way you're programmed. Yeah. It, it takes and I think it takes a lot of time and, and you have to kinda get kind of scarred up a little bit, don't you think, from, <laughs> from those haters to and, and, and carry those. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I would I would bet to say that a car is never done in your no, eyes. It's, it's never done. It's not. And, you know, you, you talk about running off that energy. Yeah, you can use that energy. It's a it's a really powerful energy. Haters or even not so much haters. How about disbelievers? That's uh. that's probably a more powerful word than haters because I don't get a lot of hate. I got I had a lot of disbelief. I had right. a lot of people that didn't believe in me. Didn't. Mm. And it, it's kind of funny, like, <laughs> sorry, Mom. Here we go. <laughs> if you want the real story. So <clears throat> my mom told me on the phone about three weeks ago, She we were talking, and, and she was saying, oh, yeah, you know, your dad and I were so proud of you, and blah, blah, blah. And she goes, when you started that, we knew you were going to fail. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, what do you mean? <laughs> and she goes, we were just, you know, you, and she just was trying to express what she meant. And then she finally said what she really meant. She was afraid. Mm. So my dad fought pretty hard to keep me on the farm. And at the time, I thought 
he's he's just trying to keep me down. He's just trying to keep me here. He doesn't want me to go pursue my dreams. He wants to use me in his business because I'm I'm good for him, and he doesn't. And that's how I saw it, and that's how I saw it until that my mom said that three weeks ago. I just thought Dad just wanted to keep me there. Right. He didn't. And when she said that word, we were scared you were going to fail. Yeah. And then I thought of my kids. Mm. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm terrified for my kids. I keep trying to point out pitfalls. And I'm sure they're sick of me. You know, I send my son text messages all the time. Hey, you need to be thinking about that. Hey, uh, you know. he's And my daughter, they know I'm good for a lecture. But... My mom said we were afraid you were going to fail. I thought, I built it up in my mind that my dad wanted me to fail, so I'd have to come back to the farm. He was terrified I was going to fail. He didn't want me to feel pain. He didn't want me to go fail at a business. I had a wife and two little kids. I walk away from a job where he's got a big farm. I've got 1800 bucks saved up. I've got a room rented in the back of the shop for 250 bucks, And I had been working there every night. When I initially walked in there, I had $333 worth of tools and a little yellow craftsman toolbox and a Binks Model 7 paint gun. And I rented that back room from Kenny. And uh, Kenny's been great. He was a mentor to me, Kenny Eberly. And uh, he was just, he was there every day and he was kind of like a voice of reason. He'd been in business for 30 years and he would, he would give me I would ask him something and he would give me his opinion on it. And I didn't, he didn't get offended if I didn't take it. But most of the time, if I didn't take it, I, I screwed up because mm-hmm. he knew what he was right. doing. Right. So I get going in this thing and I'm running on fire like my dad thinks I'm going to fail. And I, I don't know if it's God or, or what, but maybe that was implanted in me because I could run on that. I could mm. build that story in my mind, and I'd be like, oh, I think I'm going to fail. Okay, show right. you. Because I always tell people, you can work, you can easily work 10, 12 hours a day on a dream, you know. It's a beautiful thing. You read all these motivational self-help books. Oh, got to have a dream. Got to have a goal. Write all this crap down. It's cool. Yeah, want a house. Want a car. Want, you know, clothes. I want whatever. Vacation. Write it all down, you know. Blah, 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 read all, read all that stuff. Still do a little bit. Get up in the morning, go down there, run all day. Now we're at 8 o'clock at night, and we're not done, and we're tired. And then it was time to open another can of fuel. <laughs> so I would reach over, and I would take the lid off of the nitromethane, <laughs> and that was, you're going to fail. Oh, and I'd just, yeah. I'd just play that. And then, man, it was like a supercharger. Yeah. Just course through your veins. Oh, yeah? And then you'd find yourself at 3 in the morning still working there and (laughs) having gotten, you know, everything done that you needed to get done. And Yeah. I think. Well, I I, I tell you what, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that you are someone that is uh, probably the worst critic of yourself. You are uh, definitely motivated. And I think one uh, one of my biggest takeaways here, me looking at you is, is you're not a guy that's going to tear down other people, um, uh, tear down their buildings just to keep yours where it is. I think you're going to keep building yours and uh, inspire people 
um, to keep building uh, up to catch up with you. So I think that's a pretty cool thing. But um, we appreciate having you here today. Big Creek Restorations, Mike Keller. Um, you, dude, are one of a kind. Uh, tippy toe them. That's what I got to say. We didn't even get to talk about what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> hey, this isn't your show. This is my show. Oh, jeez. <laughs>